mighty God. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, just for a moment. Why don't you just worship God where you're at? Come on, God is still moving. God is still doing great things. God is still doing wonderful things. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I don't know where you're at, what you're facing. I believe God is trying to confirm to somebody this morning that He's still the God on the throne. He's still a God in charge. He is still the God that knows what we need before we even ask. Because He's faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Come on, come on, just worship Him for a little bit longer. He cut up Moshitaya. He cut that up Moshitaya. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, you're worthy. Jesus, we're calling on you this morning to do it again. To do it again. To do it again. To do it again. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, what a faithful God that we serve. What a faithful God that we serve. What a faithful God that we serve. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, as we worship you, why don't you just for a moment, you just... Lift your hands to heaven one more time. Just talk to God. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for what we feel. We thank you for your presence that we feel. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, if you've got a need, if you've got a situation, I call on you right now. Go ahead, right on our Facebook page, right there. And why don't you comment that need? And allow a church that believes in a God that does miracles to pray for you. To pray for your circumstance. To pray for your loved one. To pray for your situation. But I wonder if you could just put that on there. Why don't you just go ahead and put that request. And we'll make sure that we pray for it. We'll pray for it. But right now, why don't we just lift our hands to heaven. And just pray for the needs that people are calling on. Pray for the needs that people have right now in their life. Jesus, we ask. Oh, Oh, in the name of Jesus, minister to that need, God, right now. Minister to that circumstance. Minister to that person right now, what they have. God, if it's a healing, I pray they receive their healing. If it's deliverance from something, God, in the name of Jesus, we break that bondage. We break that oppression in the name of Jesus. God, we call on you, Lord, right now. God, to minister, to touch, to encourage. Lord, right now, that person right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. So worthy you are, Jesus. So worthy you are, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh God, you are worthy. So worthy you are, Jesus. Come on, just feel after him. Come on, I know this might just be weird to you. Just expect us to see a couple songs be done, hear the preaching, but we believe God still moves. We still believe God can touch you where you are. I challenge you, I dare you to close your eyes for a moment. Just call on him right now. Call on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that still does great things, that still does the miraculous. Call on the God of Elijah that could call down fire, that could call down the Spirit of God to do great things right now in your life. The God of Peter that just by His shadow you can receive your healing. Oh, call on the God, our Maker, our Savior, Jesus. He is faithful. He is faithful to meet you right now. He says when you call on His name, anything can happen. He can do great things in your life. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, God.
so faithful, so faithful. Mark 16. Mark 16, verses 15 through 20. Oh, I'm so thankful for the presence of God. So thankful for his anointing. says, this is Jesus speaking, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Our focus verses is verse 17 and verse 20. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Verse 20, the very end, and confirming the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. My title this morning is simply this Our world needs your faith. Our world needs your faith. How wonderful more time we can close our eyes and pray and ask God to minister to the rest of his word and to us to receive what he has for us. Can we do that, Jesus? We thank you for what we feel in this place. We thank you for your faithfulness. God, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus to help us receive the word that you have for us. I pray your anointing upon these lips of clay to speak what you have to say to your people. And in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. God is a faithful God. He's a God that knows what we need before we ever even ask Him. and Before we can ever even venture to ask Him. He knows it because He's a God that understands what we need. Because He is so faithful. I am so thankful for His faithfulness, aren't you? Before we dig deep into this text, I want to pound something into our hearts of understanding. And that is before, is that is the work of the Spirit confirms the faith of the believer. The work of the Spirit confirms the faith of the believer. If you look throughout the Gospels and even the Old Testament, you will find those who stand in faith and proclaim God's message are confirmed naturally, supernaturally by God Himself. They receive their confirmation of what they preach and what they speak, and what they believe. You find stories all the way through the Gospels in the Old Testament. You find David versus Goliath. David went out and confirmed God's word by saying, this uncircumcised Philistine should not be able to do what he's doing. He, is, he needs to be taken down and killed. And God backed the word up of David because it was God's word that was speaking through David. Elijah was speaking to all the false prophets. And he had the boldness and the audacity to have enough faith that he could call fire down to soak up the sacrifice. Moses came before Pharaoh and he had the faith that God would do these plagues or God would do these plagues if Pharaoh did not listen. They preached the word of God, they preached it by faith. And God honored it and he backed it up. He confirmed it, the faith of the believers by what they preached in his word. Jesus would say on a number of occasions, the works I do bear witness of me and that the father has sent me. What was Jesus saying? He was simply saying, God 
backs up his word. Now, it's not our job to force God's word to back up when we want it to back something up. Amen. It has to fit within his will. But his will in every occasion is not always for us to know. There are times God tells us and other times he is silent. And do we and we do don't why we don't know why a prayer backed up by his word is not going the way that we think it should go. Still trying to get comfortable up here with all this. <laughs> the stuff that's up here. I think I'm gonna get comfortable just simply doing this. There we go. Mo better. Amen. I can hear everybody online. Amen. <laughs> but before you get discouraged, the good news is this. God will back up his word because it doesn't return void. The more faith we express and faith is seen by what we do, because that's what our faith is. The more opportunities we have to see the will of God come to pass. Too often, though, we as Christians get mad at God for not listening to our prayer. Yet, our, just like our kids get upset at us when we don't listen to what they want, especially if we've said yes to it before. And we get frustrated when they complain because we know what is best for them or trying to teach them. But I am thankful that the God we serve doesn't get frustrated with us. But like us as parents, he knows what is best and our job is to keep asking and keep praying and keep expressing our faith with an attitude that God will come through as all things work together for good to those who love God. He is faithful and in time we will see more supernatural things take place. And I can tell you there are a few things in scripture that you and I can do that will see God work through because it always is his will. But again, not always the way we feel it should be done. And we find that in Mark 16. Again, looking at verses 17 through 18. We find five points of signs that will follow believers. Number one, and these shines shall follow them and believe, in my name shall they cast out devils. Number two, they shall speak with new tongues. Number three, they shall take up serpents. And it kind of goes together, they mold together. Number four, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. I truly believe that all this is by accident. Amen? We don't take up snakes. We don't purposely grab poisonous things and drink them. No, these are things by accident. We'll get to that stuff. But number five, they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Today we're going to work through the first two. And then next week, thank the Lord, Pentecost Sunday, we will have our first in-house service. And we will touch on the last three things. Now let's start with verse 17 and go through this with this mindset. The work of the Spirit confirms the faith of the believer. I want everybody to say that to themselves. The work of the Spirit confirms the faith of the believer. Our world needs our faith. Our attitude of faith can move mountains and can call down fire and it can slay giants. The first one we're going to touch on again is in my name they shall cast out devils. In other words, we need to fight oppression. People are oppressed by demonic things. They need believers who have authority to deliver them of this oppression in Jesus' name. Luke 9 and 1. Then he called his disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. My scripture says all devils, not just a couple, not the devil can, can, can argue with you and debate with you. The devil has to obey and he has to listen because God told him to. Because God gave us that authority. We don't go looking for devils. Instead, we go looking for people who are oppressed. We need to have search and rescue type of outreach. We need to have search and rescue type of things that we get out of our four walls, we get out of the church walls, and we go look for those that are hurting, those that are oppressed, those that are bound by addiction, those that are bound by drugs, those that are bound by, by, by whatever thing is coming against them, and we go out and minister to those people. They need our faith to help deliver them from that oppression. 
Because we have that faith that God delivers us from our oppression. Amen? That's our faith. Our faith is that God does that for us. So when we come into an atmosphere and we see people that are hurting, people that are broken, we are willing to minister to them because we know a God that can deliver them because the God that can deliver them was the same God that delivered us. But we got to bring that faith to them. we got to bring that faith to help them and encourage them and, and, and enlighten them and help them know that there's a God that loves them, a God that cares for them. But you got to understand this. When it comes to demonic oppression, it's up to the individual to stay away from it. I'll give you an example. There was a time where, when I was down, uh, my, my wife and I, our family, we were down in the church in Inver Grove Heights, Minnesota. And it was a Sunday night service, and that's the night usually everything just, things, weird things happen. And uh, there was a lady that came, and much like we do in our service, we call for prayer during worship, and people come up, and uh, the elders of the church will come and pray for them, whatever they need. And there was a lady that came up, and as my pastor and his wife were praying for them, praying for the lady, the lady fell over and they thought okay, she was just touched by God. But then as they watched her, they, they felt the, 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 the spirit of discernment and they realized, no, 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 that's not what just happened. She's possessed. And the whole church came around and we prayed and we cast out, I don't know how many devils out of that lady. I mean, that poor girl, that poor girl that was so oppressed. I mean, she came out with vulgar words and just, I mean, demonically oppressed. But she left there set free. The unfortunate truth about her story is weeks later she got oppressed again because she allowed it. Just because we pray against something and something leaves and then someone comes back to it doesn't mean that our prayer did not work. Our prayer very much well could have worked and probably did. It's just sometimes we as people still go back into that. And that's why we have a world that needs our faith to keep reminding them you don't have to be bound by that addiction. You don't have to be bound by that sin. You don't have to be bound. But we're not going to be able to know of the help reach those people unless we go out there and listen for the cues from people. People at your work, people in your neighborhood that come and, and talk about things and they start telling you a problem in their life, that's a moment that you your ear gets keen and you say, you know what, I know a God that can take care of that. I know a God that can minister to your circumstance. I know a God that can encourage you. And it takes our faith in His name that is necessary for people to be delivered. It's in the name of Jesus that people are delivered. But it's our faith in the name of Jesus. There's an unfortunate story in the book of Acts of people that didn't have faith in the name of Jesus. And they got oppressed. Because they were trying to cast out things they couldn't cast out. But when you have faith in the name of Jesus. Listen. The word believer in this particular believe in this particular passage. I'm, I'm kind of going into the next one, but I'm going to come right back here. And that's believer actually refers to have confidence in. To entrust, be persuaded, to know to be true. So when we are, are, we are believing on his name and the power of his name, which the world wants to take away, the enemy wants us to shut down because he knows there's power in the name of Jesus. He knows there's deliverance in the name of Jesus. He knows there's salvation in the name of Jesus. And he knows when he gets some people that have some faith in his name, you don't even have to be spirit-filled. You can just have faith in His name. You believe in His name. And God will use you through His name to do great things. Because it's His name that our faith is built into. It's that confidence in His name. You look at these sons of Sceva. Eustevia, they, or Sceva. Stevia, I love Stevia. But um, Sceva, they, uh, they basically, they were struggling. They say, you know, we, 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 we rebuke you in the name of uh, uh, Paul. The, the, name of, the name of the one that Paul preaches about Jesus. Like, they had no faith in His name. And that's why it says you have no authority. Who are you? But we find that there's power in his name. And our world needs your faith in his name. So you can cast out devils and fight the oppression in their life. The second thing. They need our faith is to speak with new tongues. For non-believers to believe. They need our faith in the truth of believers speaking in languages they do not know. Because the spirit gave us the utterance. The word believers in Mark 16, as I just mentioned, can also be interpreted as having confidence in 
or to think to be true or to be persuaded and entrusted. In other words, the world needs to see people of God who are persuaded and have absolute confidence that th- that the this is that that Peter was talking about is in fact the Holy Spirit outpouring that the prophet Joel spoke of in the Old Testament. Us receiving the Holy Ghost and entrusting ourselves to it as we pray in tongues will not detract non-believers. Listen, in fact, it will attract non-believers. There's too many Pentecostal churches, too many faith-believing churches that throw the, 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 they get worried about the speaking in tongues thing. I'll get to some of that right, you know, in a couple minutes here about Corinthians and what Paul's talking about. But we've got to understand as believers that it's the sign of tongues that non-believers are going to be attracted to. You don't believe me? I got Bible for it. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. I'm reading a lot of scripture here, but this is very important. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I need a drink before I read all this. I'm handling your Bible reading basically just today, right now. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues, I mean other languages they didn't know. As the Spirit gave the utterance, nobody taught them, nobody forced them, nobody did all that. It was the Spirit that did it. And they were dwelling at Jerusalem. Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. It means they were all over, from all over the world, but they came to this one spot because of Passover. Now, now Pentecost. And now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these speak Galileans? They were marveled. They weren't scared. They weren't afraid. They weren't like, what is this? What's this babbling? What's going on? Because we got to understand, there was other words that other people were speaking that other people that were there didn't understand. So it sounded like a bunch of babble. So for all they knew, one person was speaking their language and everybody else was speaking just a bunch of blah, 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 blah. They didn't know. So some people condemn this sometimes. And they think, oh, I don't understand. That's just a bunch of gibberish. You're just, you're just saying stuff. Well, how, how do you know when someone's talking Chinese if you don't know Chinese? How do you know someone's talking some dialect from an ancient Native American dialect if you don't know that ancient American Native American dialect? You don't know that. So who, who are we to ever judge if someone's doing it the right way or not? God will take care of that part. But listen to verse 7. And they were all amazed. In verse 8. And how we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontius, and Asia, and Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and in Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, Valkyrie, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking them. Yes, of course, there's going to be mockers. These men are full of new wine. They're drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you that hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing is but the third hour of the day, which means it's nine in the morning. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. What are you talking about, Peter? What is this is that? What I'm talking about is these guys talking in tongues right now. This is that that the prophet prophesied about that was going to be happening when God poured out his spirit on all flesh and all people. This is that. Those crazy people talking in tongues. Those crazy people. This is the evidence. This is the sign that you were looking for. This is the sign of the Holy Ghost. This is the sign of the mighty rushing wind that came into the house and filled all of them that were sitting because the wind is the spirit and the sound is the tongues. That's what's going on here. This is that. Listen, atheists and mockers, they will scoff per Acts 2. We will have people come in the church and say, that sounds stupid. That's, that's dumb. You sound, that's, that's just a bunch of nonsense. That's going to happen. Uh, there's, there's no question. But guess what? There's going to be some others, according to Acts chapter 2, that are going to say something like this. They're going to ask this question. What meaneth this? Why are these people doing this? Listen, I went to every church under the sun. I tried them all. 
And I walked into a church that believed in speaking in tongues and the Spirit of God being the evidence of someone being filled with the Spirit. And I can tell you right now, God reminded me while studying for this. You remember some when you first heard someone talking in tongues? Yes, you thought it was weird. It was very weird. But I wasn't scared. I wasn't afraid. I said, you know, of all the churches, though, this is the difference. And it's almost like I'm actually seeing a miracle take place. And I just naturally believe this. Why? Because I was hungry for it. Those that are hungry for salvation, those that are hungry for a move of God, those that are hungry for God to, to touch their life and change their life and have the things that the Word of God promises are people that will receive this when they hear other people talking in languages that they don't understand and know. They will look and they'll say, what is this? What meaneth this? I don't see this other places. And this is what Peter says and what the Word of God tells us. This is that. This is the Holy Ghost outpouring. This is what you, what the God promised is going to happen since the prophet Joel spoke it. That God was going to come. And this is the sign of that. This is that. That the prophet Joel spoke of. We as believers cannot be ashamed of speaking in tongues, thinking it will scare people. I have heard apostolic Pentecostals before say, oh, we, we, we got to be careful when we talk in tongues loud. It scares people. I looked at them and said, you're crazy, man. That is the miracle of God taking place in front of us. That is literally what it is. It won't scare people. Instead, it will attract people. That is a scam of the devil. He wants us to be ashamed in Pentecost. I know next week's Pentecost Sunday, and trust me, as I was studying, I was like, God, isn't this better for next week? I would think this sermon is much better for next week. Why do you want me to preach it this week? But the other stuff we'll get to next week will also kind of capitalize Pentecost Sunday. But this is not, we can't be ashamed of Pentecost. Listen, we're not Pentecostal because of a denomination. We're Pentecostal because of this Pentecost experience. We want the experience. That's what Pentecostal means. The experience of Pentecost. I want what they had. I want that Pentecostal experience that the apostles had, the apostolic church had. That's what I want. I don't want what a denomination has. I don't give a flip what a denomination has. All I want is what the Word of God gives me. And that's what I want in my heart. That's what I want in my life is the Word of God. But listen, am I saying we just go around speaking in tongues willy-nilly? No, I am not saying that. It must be done in a godly order. The part that the devil does a great job at is he takes 1 Corinthians 14 and he removes speaking in tongues from many churches because of this one chapter. He literally just jacks it right out of the church. Makes everybody interpret it a way that was never meant to be. Paul clearly said in Corinthians, I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. He never said, I thank God I speak in tongues and everyone interprets what I speak. That is not in my Bible and that's not in your Bible. That's not in anybody's Bible unless you force it in there. He said, I thank God I, I speak in tongues more than you all. What are you saying, Paul? I'm a tongue talker. I pray in the spirit. I pray in a language I don't understand. I pray a spiritual warfare of speaking in tongues and allowing God to work through my life. I do that more than all of you. Because I have faith in what I'm doing. I mean, Paul was, he was very, he was not ashamed to say he spoke in tongues. But the problem with the Corinthian church, again, you've got to look at the context of 1 Corinthians 14. Actually, all of Corinthians. They were a converted pagan church. In the current church setting, they had somebody sleeping with somebody's mom. And they were like a leader in the church. Nobody condemned it. Nobody ridiculed it. Nobody said it was wrong. It just literally was happening right in church. Last night, mom slipped with that guy across the aisle. And nobody said anything about it. They were just like, oh, this is just normal. This is okay. Why is it normal? Because their pagan culture says it's normal. They were reverting back to their paganism. So Paul had to come in and say, listen, guys, you got the spirit of God moving in your church. I'm so thankful for the miracle signs and wonders, the prophecy, the tongue talking, the interpretation. I'm thankful for all that. But you know, here's the problem here. You got a couple issues. First, you're having a sin in the church, and that's wrong. 
Second of all, this is chaos. This is absolutely not. This is crazy. Somebody's preaching and someone's in the back row talking in tongues. As loud as can be. Who in the world can understand that? If you've been around Pentecost long enough, you've been in a church like that before. And you were like, somebody saying that person walk out. Go, go somewhere. Pretty good. You can talk in tongues, just go somewhere else. I cannot understand what the preacher's talking about. And that's what was happening. Someone get up and give prophecy. Someone's over yapping in tongues. Or someone's laying hands on people. And they're just going crazy. So non-believers come in and they're like, whoa, this is nuts. I almost wonder sometimes why that church grew was because the culture was already nuts, so they just kind of fell right into it. Well, it's nuts out there, it's nuts in here. Well, what the heck? I don't know. That's my interpretation of that part. But here's what the Word of God says Paul was saying, Listen, guys, go ahead and read this in 14, and I'm just summarizing it. So, listen, there's, God is not a God of confusion, He's a God of order. You must do this in decency and order. There should be not multiple things going on. Matter of fact, he gave such clear specifics. He said, speak in tongues. If you speak in tongues and there is no interpretation, you spoke unto yourself and you edify yourself. He didn't say you're condemned. He didn't say you're wrong to talk in tongues. That's not what the Bible says. He says your edification is for you. This is you personally. Either you need to leave the room or you need to wait until later on. One of the two. Because you're becoming a distraction and God's a God of order. But he never condemned them for talking in tongues. He actually even gave more instruction. He said, matter of fact, there should be no more than three tongues proclaimed. One interpretation. I've been to services like that. Two or three people got up and spoke in tongues. And then the interpretation came of all that those three people spoke of. But he clearly states no more than three. Why? Because there must have been some times where people just getting up and just talking tongues, talking tongues, talking tongues, talking tongues, talking tongues, talking tongues. Nothing's happening. Everybody's like, wow, what kind of, I have no idea what the service is about at all. Because everybody's just talking languages. I have no clue. So Paul said there's got to be some order. But he never condemned the tongues. But listen to this part. So where do I get this whole point about the believers? That, that tongues, speaking in tongues attracts believers. Well, first of all, Acts chapter 2 gives us at least a physical example. But Paul gives us a verbal written word example. 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign to them, or not to them that believe. It's not a sign for us anymore. We're believers. We don't need any more signs. But to them that believe not. But prophesying and serveth not for them that believe not, but for them that believe. We'll have an evangelist come up in our church. Sometimes I've done it too, where I will prophetically speak to the church. Not a single non-believer in the place is being blessed and edified. Because this prophecy is for the church. It's for the people of God. But when someone talks in tongues, and there's no interpretation, it's a sign for non-believers that there's something going on here. There's something powerful what meaneth this you know sometimes i wonder i've heard many people give examples different we, we touched on it on a uh, on a wednesday night one time with talking in tongues but but I, I sometimes wonder if the reason why tongues is something god chose is because it's so obviously abnormal it's just obvious someone's just in a language you don't have no clue it's going to get your attention how many times have you ever been walking around a store and you heard someone else talking in spanish that you don't know you automatically turn you hear someone speak a different language, you turn. Your attention is on that person. Why? Because it's different. It's a sound of a language, but it's different. It's the same thing with tongues. It's a sound, it's different. But we've got to have faith in what God has done for us. Our world needs our faith in the infilling of the Holy Ghost so that they can be encouraged to receive the same thing that we got and experience it the same way as others did and still do today. Others need the Holy Ghost. And our faith helps it. And that faith is seeing us operate in it. The more times that non-believers or people that have got the Holy Ghost hear us talk in tongues in an orderly way, the more their faith is built. The more faith they're built. Because the more they go, yeah, this is, this is definitely different than I've ever been. And I don't feel some kind of oppression of it. I just, I, there was, I'll tell you, there's two things that, that got me about Church of Truth, when I came to it, it was the emphasis on the name of Jesus 
and it was speaking in tongues. There were the two things that I noticed were distinctly different than some other places I went. The emphasis on the name and the person of Christ and the infilling of the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues. It was the two things that just got me the most. You can go to any church, people lay hands on you. Most churches do that. Uh, even the Catholic Church will, will lay hands on people. There's other numerous churches do that. But it's just this Holy Ghost and filling part. It's this non-believer part that we need. We don't teach others to do this. Instead, we let God guide us. Amen? We let God guide us. Because He's a God of mercy and truth. And He knows what we need before we even ask. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. I'm bringing this in for a landing here. I want to encourage those who have not experienced the Holy Spirit in filling like they did in the book of Acts to seek God about it this morning. As a matter of fact, I encourage you to even try it. God has a plan for you and this Holy Spirit in filling is that in which the Bible speaks of. That's not supposed to do that. Thank you, Jesus. It's not a denominational thing. It's not just something Pentecostals believe. No, sir. No, ma'am. It's something that it's a Bible thing. This is a Jesus thing. This is an apostles thing. I've heard people say before, I'll listen to the words of Jesus over the apostles. Okay, well, Jesus said they'll speak with new tongues. So why don't you listen to the words of Jesus then? Well, the apostles, they, they were special and unique. Then, then why did Gentiles get the same thing? Acts chapter 10. That's what I love about the Word of God. There's four examples of someone getting the Holy Ghost. And all four, they line up with everything in our life. Jews got it in chapter 2. And then some kind of pagan Jews, per se. Sorcerers and stuff. People that nobody really liked. They were, they were Jews, but they were like cast out Jews. They were close to Antioch. They, they were just cast out. And that's chapter 8. But then chapter 10 brings in the Gentiles. They don't have any say in this. But all of a sudden God gives us an example of Gentiles getting it. Oh, then those people that believe, but they haven't received. Acts chapter 19. That's Christian people that say, you know, I hear this tongue talking stuff. You know, I hear about, I thought when I believed I received. Well, listen up. Chapter 8 of your Bible, books, book of Acts, tells us something different. It says that the apostles were sent to these believers, believers, that had only been baptized in Jesus' name. You don't get baptized unless you believe. Any believer in church believes that same thing. Matter of fact, many will say that's confessing your faith. So if you say that, then you must believe these guys believe. But it says the Holy Spirit had not fallen out on any of them. It shows us it's a separate experience. But it's an experience in the Word of God. I'm not here to tell you that, that, that oh my goodness, you're just, you're, everything you've been doing is wrong. No, no, no. Wherever your faith is out with God right now is right where God wants it. And I believe God is calling some people right now. Take that step. And say, God, that book says that. I'm not believing the preacher. I'm not just taking his word. I, I want to take your word, God, where it says this is that. This, this, for, for they heard them speak with tongues in Acts chapter 10. That's how they knew they got the Holy Ghost. But maybe you're oppressed and you need deliverance. I can tell you right now, there's a God where you are that is willing to minister to that need and remove that oppression from your life. Saying of God, our world needs your faith. It needs your faith in the name that's above all names. Faith in the name that the enemy is trying to remove from everything. And again, we don't go looking for devils and praying for things that are not present to happen. We can't pray for blind eyes to be open unless there's someone in your life that you know is blinded and needs to see. Instead, bring your faith to your job. Bring your faith to your neighborhood. Your family's Memorial Day outing. Bring your faith. Because our world needs your faith. Our world needs Christian or believers to stand up in their faith and say, I know a God that still can do those things. I know a God that can deliver you from oppression. I know a God that wants to give you his spirit the same way that I got it. And the book of Acts says it. And be on alert for those who are oppressed and have faith that God will use you to pray for their needs 
if that door opens. Well, pastor, how do I do that? Well, I got a five-step plan for you. You ready? Number one, pray for them in the name of Jesus. Number two, pray for them in the name of Jesus. Number three, pray for them in the name of Jesus. Number four, pray for them in the name of Jesus. And the fifth step, have faith in your prayer for them in the name of Jesus. There really isn't a formula, folks. It's our faith mixed with obedience and calling on the name of Jesus. Then God does the rest. I've always been a person that looks for a silver bullet, but God has tested my faith in the last five years or so. That challenges me to stop looking for the perfect answer. Stop looking for the perfect five-step process and just know that there's just some things that don't have that. I truly believe the reason why we see that is we don't find, the reason why we don't find a five-step plan or a ten-step or a three-step is because, first of all, every situation is different. When I have counseled people on marriage, I've never had two people two, or couples come to me with the exact same thing. They've come to me with similar things, but not the exact same circumstance, not the exact same background, not the exact same past. They all come with different situations, different circumstances. And I minister to them where they're at. That's how we work with people. They're going to come to us different. Second, every person is different. And that is both parties involved. You as the person that's coming to help them and them as the person that you're ministering to. I have taught, and I am not exaggerating this, probably over a thousand Bible studies. And I've only had one person get the Holy Ghost in a Bible study. I've preached the same word. I have most times said a pretty similar Bible study. And only one person's ever got it. I've had others, though, cry and repent. I've had other people sit there and just start weeping and crying as we repented of our sins. I've been there. But my point is, is everybody's different. And third, it can easily become robotic and our faith be based on a particular whatever step plan versus the verse of Scripture we read, and that is God will confirm the word we speak and our faith. Verse 20, remember it says, and confirming their word with signs and wonders following. We don't look for signs and wonders. We just know a God that can minister through signs and wonders. And he confirms his word. Listen, church, we have got to be a church that has signs and wonders. In it. We've got to be a church that allows the work of the Spirit to flow. Because the work of the Spirit will confirm the faith of a believer. It will always confirm the faith of a believer. Our world needs our faith. I want to take some time to pray. For some people that need to be filled with the God's presence, Spirit, some that are oppressed, and also pray for us as saints of God to know how to step out in our faith and trust God. Trust Him in His Word. Take Him at His Word that He knows what we need before we ever ask and that He can use us in a mighty way to do great things. Let's close our eyes. Jesus, I thank You for Your Word. God, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that still does great exploits. You're still a God that, that works on our lives. I pray for those, God, that are being oppressed by the enemy. God, as a believer, we fight in the name of Jesus for them. We fight in the name of Jesus that oppression is removed from their lives. God, we fight in this area of Bemidji. We come against the spirit of infirmity. We come against the spirit of divination. And we come against the spirit of addiction. Which all these spirits could come into the form of a spirit of oppression. God, we come against them. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray whoever's watching, whoever's listening right now. That in the name of Jesus, you set them free from their oppression. In the name of Jesus, you set them free. Maybe it's a believer that's struggling with their faith. Maybe it's a believer or a backslider. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you bring them back to you, God. That you help them trust in you. That you help them trust in your word and in your plan of salvation. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I pray, God, for anybody that needs the Holy Ghost. They need your Holy Spirit, God. I pray that Jesus, you help them have faith. Have faith. To reach out for that sound. To reach out to you. To pray and worship you. 
so that they can hear that sound. So they can hear you speak to them, God, right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, right now, in Jesus' name, that, God, that you have your way, Lord, right now. I pray that you minister in a special way, God, in Jesus' name. God, we need you. God, we need you, Lord, right now. And I pray for any believer. God, help us step out in faith, God. Have an attitude of faith that wherever we go, that, God, there's a door that's going to open up. We don't have to be looking for a specific door. We just got to ask you to help us to see the door, God. So we can pray in faith of what you want to do. Oh, God, I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I wonder just for a moment, we could just pray. Why don't you just take a little bit longer to pray and talk to God? Why don't you feel after Him? Come on, God wants to fill you with His Spirit right now. He wants to move on your heart right now where you're at. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, He wants to do it again. Come on, what He did in the Word of God, He can still do today. Oh, yes, Jesus. Oh, I believe. I'll see you do it again. Yes. I moved the mountains. And I believe. Yes, Lord. I'll see you do it again. Jesus, you're faithful. Come on, let it move on you right now. Come on, let it minister to your circumstance. Let it minister to your situation right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you're out to heaven. Just reach out to heaven. God is there where you're at. God is there in your circumstance. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Oh, my oppression is gone in Jesus' name. Oh, my oppression is gone in Jesus' name. God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins right now. In the name of Jesus, forgive me of everything I've done wrong. Forgive me of every sin that I've committed. Right now, in the name of Jesus, forgive me, God. Forgive me. And God, I lift my hands. Come on. If you want God's spirit right now, just repent of your sins. Just ask Him to forgive you right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I've done. Come on, backslider. Come on, backslider. Come on. Oh, come on, believer. You believe, but you now have this ability like the book of Acts. Take a chance right now. Take a step of faith and believe this preacher. I challenge you right now, as you've repented of your sins, to go ahead and lift your hands to heaven. And in the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. Ask Him for His Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, receive it. In the name of Jesus, receive it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus, receive it. God is faithful. God is faithful. Yes, yes, Jesus, you are faithful. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. God, you are worthy. Oh, come on, saints of God. Reach out to Him. Reach out to God. He wants to use you to do great things. He wants to use you. He wants to use you as a believer. There's, there's demons for you to go cast out in people's lives that only you can minister to. There are souls that need to hear you. Receive that as or speak that evidence what you've received. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Oh, I believe. Come on, sing it one more time. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe. Oh, yes, I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. I'll see you do it again. Jesus. I'll see you. Oh, wherever you're at, just one more time, just lift your hands. Proclaim this to God. Your promise still stands. Promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence.
God, you are so worthy. Praise God, praise God. Next week, we will have service at 10 a.m. Sunday school. And have our 11 o'clock service again. You don't want to miss this. We are ready. We are prepared. We will have sanitizing stuff and everything. But I do encourage you, if you are vulnerable, it's okay to stay home a little longer. Let this thing kind of get through a little bit farther. But you can still watch us online. We would encourage those that feel they are able to, you can come. Again, we will have our sanctuary set up in such a way that is socially distant. But we will worship a God with our voices our voices and we will lift our hands to heaven and we will worship him and give him the praise he deserves because he's a God that's faithful and we'll finish up this message next week and deal with taking up serpents drinking deadly any deadly thing that shall not hurt them and laying hands on the sick and seeing people recover it's a sign of a believer it's a will of God Jesus I thank you for everyone that's watched everyone that's listened everyone that's been here. I just pray your hand upon us that you encourage us and strengthen us and help us as we venture on into this week that you have your hand upon all of us. Help us seek you more, God. As a believer, God, help us, Lord, to seek opportunities to minister to people, to minister to those that are hurting. We ask you to help us, Jesus, to reach for you those that are non-believers, those that are struggling in their faith or they're not so sure. I pray that you encourage them this week to take a step of faith in you. 